Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me in my third episode of Modern Manifestation. I have to just take a moment to say thank you to everyone that has already rated, reviewed, subscribed. I have only been live for about two days now, and I already have over a 100 downloads. That is freaking amazing. And if you are one of those people that has already rated, reviewed, and subscribed, thank you so much. And if you are not, I would love it if you would take a moment to do so. That would really, really help me out. And I have just been really overwhelmed with the amount of support that I've gotten from other women. It is incredible to know that we are building a generation of women that are wanting to see each other succeed. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. It's just this really raw, supportive culture that we're building. I think it's phenomenal, and I'm so excited to see where we continue to go as women that are looking to get shit done and to continuously support one another so that we can all succeed. Again, thank y'all so much, so incredible, and I can't wait to see where else this takes us. And with that, I want to go ahead and jump into today's topic, what is manifestation, who I was before I found out about it, and how I got onto this whole manifestation train. And before I get into it, I think it is worth giving you a little bit more insight into who I was before I found out about the concept of manifestation. That way, if you're one of those people where you're just like, you know, I've heard about it. I watched The Secret. I think it's bullshit. I think that there's a lot of fluff. It's just all coincidence and synchronicities, whatever. I think that giving you a little bit of my background might help you, if nothing else, keep an open mind when it comes to the concept of manifestation seeing as I was one of the world's biggest skeptics when I got into it. So one of my biggest influencers in life growing up was my dad. He and I had a lot of the same interests. So as a kid, I couldn't help but want to try to be like him. We both really enjoyed camping and science and BMX and track, and we had very similar interest in movies. And so my younger self was like, I want to try and be like dad, right? And so when it came to personalities, my dad was extremely skeptical. So it's natural that I became extremely skeptical. And when I say skeptical, my dad thought everything was bullshit. He would even wear shoes to the point where they got holes in them because he thought that the idea of getting new shoes every time the tread wore down was a marketing ploy. 
And he actually wore shoes with holes in them to run marathons because that's how much he believed that narrative. He's also the guy that has had about 10 kidney stones, and he swears that the trick for getting rid of them is not eating healthy, not changing your lifestyle, not trying to be more active and make better decisions. But the key to getting rid of kidney stones is to eat a pound of asparagus and chug a two liter of Coke. Yes, you heard me correctly. A pound of asparagus and a two liter of Coke. That's what's going to blast that kidney stone out of you. (laughs) And there were so many other stories about my dad and his skepticism. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we saw something on TV and, oh, God forbid you start talking about politics, right? He's going to be like, oh, this is this conspiracy and this is I'm skeptical about this, that, and the other. And that's just who my dad was and is to this day, to be honest. He is still one of those people where if I talk to him about any of this kind of stuff, he's just like, oh, that's all bullshit. You know, someone's just trying to pull your leg and people are just trying to get money from you at every angle and you got to protect yourself. So that's who my dad was. And that's who one of my biggest influencers were. And so I embodied this all throughout my life. And I think one of the best examples of actually how much of a skeptic I actually was came from my seven-year-old self. At the age of seven, I got this idea in my head that people were deceiving me about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. And I had to do some research and I had to investigate to figure out whether or not these guys are real. Because again, I thought the adults were deceiving me and I wanted to prove that that's what the case was because I didn't want to be lied to. The Scholastic Book Fair came up. And if you guys know what that is, like you were so pumped as a kid when the Scholastic Book Fair was coming. In this particular occasion, I went and I found a spy kit. And this thing had a notepad. It had a how-to fingerprint people booklet. It had the ink pad. I mean, this was like the full deal for a kid. And so I get this thing. I go to the library and I'm like, okay, we're going to have to do some research, some recon, right? Because if I'm going to figure out whether or not the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus are real via fingerprints, I need to make sure that I know what a rabbit's paw looks like. That way... If I see anything other than a rabbit's paw, I'm going to know that motherfucker is not real. And so I go to the library, I pull out some books on rabbits, and I study their motherfucking feet because God forbid someone tricks me. So I go home and I fingerprint everyone in my family, everyone that was home. And the night before Easter, I left out a very eloquent note for a seven-year-old where I was like, Easter bunny, if you're real, leave me your fingerprints. And I put that note next to a pad, and I put the ink pad next to that, and then I just went off to bed. I wake up the next morning. There is something on that sheet of paper. I pull out all my fingerprints that I took of my family members a month prior. First of all, I look at this thing, and I'm like, "Mm, this is not a rabbit's foot. This is human. But which human? And so I take out this pad, and I'm comparing it to everyone in my family, and I'm like, what? Easter Bunny's my fucking dad. I was like you know what? I'm a little disappointed, but I'm ultimately proud of myself because I have proved that people were out to deceive me and I have proved them wrong. Same thing happened with Santa Claus. I was like, okay, round two, we got to keep going because just because the Easter bunny's not real, we, we got to see about Santa. Same thing. It was still dad. I mean, he didn't even try to hide the fact that it was his own fingerprints. <laughs> so I hope that gives you a pretty good idea of the type of mentality I had growing up and I really fully embodied that all throughout my childhood into early adulthood, and that really set the tone for how I approached most 
new information in my life. And with that, let's just jump right into what manifestation is, and then I'll cover a bit later about how I found out about it and ultimately became someone that really believed in this concept. And I'm going to keep the idea of manifestation very high level for this first podcast. Manifestation is the concept that what you are is what you attract and what you perceive. And you might be thinking to yourself, I heard that manifestation is a result of what you think about. And this is also true. That is a portion of it, but it's so much more. And what you think about is specific to the law of attraction. If you're familiar with any of the laws about manifestation in general, there are 12. The law of attraction is one of them. It's also the most common because it's the mo- it's the easiest to understand. It's the idea that what you think about is inevitably what ends up happening to you. But the downside of only viewing manifestation from the perspective of the law of attraction is that it's easy for you to quote unquote run tests on yourself like I did as a kid and prove yourself wrong or right depending on how you look at it. So as an example, you might think, okay, I'm going to put this law of attraction thing into motion by thinking I'm a very wealthy person. You know, I'm a millionaire. And so you sit there and you're like, I'm going to get a million dollars tomorrow. A million dollars is going to come into my life. And then the next day, a million dollars does not come to you. And you're like, okay, I did my test and it did not work. This whole concept is utter bullshit. Didn't catch me. And so that's why I... I I like law of attraction. Obviously, it's a a part of this whole concept, but it's not the full picture. And I think that's why a lot of people have disregarded the idea of manifestation because they only dive into that very first law and then don't continue to move through and actually get into the actions and the thought processes and everything else that you actually have to have in order to manifest. Because manifestation is not just about willpower and positive thinking. It is who you are. That is the simplest way to describe it, in my opinion. So I also like to describe manifestation as what the identity is that you hold about yourself. That does not mean that it has to be factual, by the way, or that it has to have any truth to it. It's honestly who you believe you are. That is what you are manifesting 24-7. And that is why some people get into the idea of, well, I'm trying to become a wealthy person and it's just not working. I'm just not manifesting it. And the reason is, is because they still have the identity of someone that is poor. So you can't manifest becoming a wealthy person unless you first step into that role. It's like the expression goes, fake it till you make it. In a way, I kind of hate that expression, but (laughs) it is a great tool for describing what manifestation is, or at least how I choose to describe it to other people. And we're just going to stay very high level about manifestation for this initial podcast, by the way. We're going to get into the weeds in it and we're going to get into a lot of details and tips and descriptions and other ways in which this is impacting your life. But for this initial podcast, we're just going to skim the surface level of what the hell this thing is. So to reiterate, manifestation is who you are. It is your thoughts, your beliefs, emotions, and ultimately your actions or inspired actions as a result. It is your mindset working for you, not just your thoughts, your entire mindset, who you are, what your identity is, 
what you are embodying. And there are a lot of words that people like to associate with manifestation. And in my opinion, they're all different versions and or symptoms of what manifestation is. And those words and terms are frequency illusion, coincidence, synchronicities, chance, luck, any of those words, right? If you've ever had something happen to you in your life where you're like, oh, that's really weird. I have just found out about that thing and now I'm seeing it everywhere. That is a symptom of manifestation. And to get really abstract for just a second, and I actually have a podcast that's going to go much more in depth with this. So I'm going to just give you a quick nugget and then move on. So for those that do really harness this, don't worry, we will give you more. Physicists hypothesize that time is not linear, that the past, present, and future are all happening simultaneously. And these physicists hypothesize that time is also psychologically real, but not fundamentally real. And so what they mean by that is that the past, present, and future are all happening simultaneously, but we perceive time as linear so that we experience a past, a present, and a future because that is the way that our brain is wired to interpret the data that we're coming into contact with. And there's a theory in the quantum world called the wave-particle theory. And what's fascinating about that study, and again, this is on the quantum level. So this is like the largest of the largest things in the world, or in the universe, rather, and the smallest of the smallest things in the universe. And there's this theory, the wave-particle theory, that essentially dictates that the future determines the past and the present's results. I'll say that again. The future is determining what's happening in the present. And I know that's a little bit of a mindfuck, so I'm going to let you sit with that for a second. But if this whole concept that time is not linear is what is being theorized, then it's not too far-fetched to say if all of these things are happening simultaneously, the future can actually impact what's going on in your current reality. And I said I wasn't going to get too far into the weeds, So I'm going to leave you on that note, but the reason that I bring it up is because the identity that you have currently could be affected by your future reality or what is going on in your future. So if you're thinking, I'm going to be a successful person, then that successful person's identity could then be impacting what's going on presently for you. So your future successful self might be making things happen for you currently that otherwise wouldn't have happened had you not embodied that identity. I know that's a lot to take in. <laughs> and I know that's a little confusing to, to digest. So if you need to, press stop, rewind, replay, and know that I'm going to get into that a little bit more in another podcast. But all I want you to take from that is that, you know, all of these synchronicities, all of these coincidences that are happening are all a result of your identity, which is being determined both by your present and your future. Manifestation is your ability to be successful because of the mindset and the beliefs that you hold, right? So I've already talked about this being your identity. And the biggest part that I want you to take away from that is that your thoughts lead to your actions and your actions determine your results. So to use an example of this so that you fully understand what I am getting at by saying your thoughts determine your actions, which determine your results, 
let's say that you are someone that identifies as being a healthy person. So the thoughts that you have are, I am a healthy person. And if that is the identity and the belief that you have about yourself, you are going to do the things that a healthy person does. So Saturday morning comes along, you have this identity and this belief that you are a healthy person. And so on Saturday morning, you might go out for a run or you might go for a hike or kayaking or paddleboarding or whatever that is. Maybe you get up and do some yoga or workout and you're doing these actions because of the thought that you have that you are a healthy person. And so that thought leads to the actions that you are doing. And then those actions lead to the result that you are inevitably then a healthy person because you're doing all the things that a healthy person does. And it's that catch 22, right? Because you have to have those thoughts that lead to that action in order for you to have the result of being a healthy person. But can you have that identity of a healthy person without having that result? So that kind of goes back to that future determines your present reality that I was talking about earlier. And so when you identify as being someone that is healthy, you think, do, believe, feel, and therefore that is what you are. You are constantly perpetuating that narrative about yourself, and therefore that is what you are manifesting. And the same goes for the opposite example. Using that same healthy person concept, let's say that you are the person that does not have the identity of a healthy person. Maybe you think, my entire family's big boned, and obesity runs in my family. We just are not healthy people. Let's say that that's your identity. Then the thoughts that you're having is, we're obese. Nothing I can do can change this. I will always struggle with weight. I'm big boned. You know, maybe any or all of those things at one time. And therefore, that Saturday morning comes around. You're already having these thoughts. And so when the action comes about, you can sit there and think, oh, I should go for a run. Eh, I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix instead. Or I'm just going to eat a bowl of cereal and maybe I'll go for a walk, but there's also this new show I want to binge watch. So like, maybe I'll just do that. Because again, your actions are reflecting what your thoughts already are about yourself. So you don't believe that you're a healthy person. And so therefore you don't feel the need to continually feed yourself that identity by doing those actions. And so you don't believe you're healthy. Therefore you do the actions that a non-healthy person does. And therefore that's your result. And that is someone that has the identity of being unhealthy, continuously manifesting their unhealthy lifestyle and therefore an unhealthy life. So if you are familiar with manifestation and you're like, okay, that's all great, but I want to manifest love, success, wealth, whatever that is for you, then you need to evaluate if you have the identity of someone that is lonely, not a risk taker or even poor, because the thoughts that you're having is what you are, and that is what you are manifesting. So if you're like, I want to be wealthy, but you still identify as someone that is poor or that came from a poor family, and you haven't worked through those beliefs, then you're going to continuously self-jeopardize and self-sabotage by not doing the things that you need to do in order to hold the identity of of someone that is wealthy. And you truly need to believe the feelings, right? Step into the thoughts, the actions, the feelings, the emotions of someone that is wealthy in order to achieve that in your own life. And I'll use a personal example of 
the way that this has played out in my own family. So my grandfather was a salesman for appliances back in the, I don't know, 60s, 70s. And anytime he would have a really big sale or what they call a pop, he would come home and he had this identity of someone that was poor because he grew up on the streets for majority of his life and he always struggled with money. He lost his mom at a young age and eventually he enrolled in the military in order to get off the streets. And so he always embodied this identity of someone that was poor and that was struggling. So when he became a salesman, he would have these pops, these really big commissions And because he still held the identity of being someone that was poor, when he got this commission, he would immediately go and blow it. He would take the family out for a huge, nice dinner, or they would go get a brand new car that they could probably only make one payment on. Those are the actions that he was doing because he had this scarcity mindset that this is going to go at any time and I need to spend it while I have it. And therefore, that's perpetuating the narrative of him being poor because that blows through all the money that he had. Whereas if he had the mindset of someone that was wealthy, he gets that commission check. Maybe he does something to celebrate, right? Like a nice bottle of wine or maybe just a less expensive dinner. And then maybe he's embodying that idea of a healthy person and then goes and invests the other half or does some other action because of the thought he had of being a healthy person, I said healthy, of being a wealthy person, that then helps him actually become that as a result. And that's why I'm always saying that manifestation is nothing without action. Yes, it's your thoughts. Yes, it's you know all of the other things that are talked about, the, the positive mindset and the willpower and all those things. But it takes action because you have to do the right things in order to set yourself up for success with it. It's not magic, right? You can't just say, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow, and it happens. You have to believe that that's something that you are capable of doing. Allow yourself to embody that identity of someone that can be a millionaire. Do the things that someone that is a millionaire might do, and inevitably, that is what you will become. And to be honest, this is something I'm still struggling with currently. I still have a lot of limiting beliefs about being poor because that's how I grew up. And that's what I was made fun of for being as a kid. And so what's kept me from that seven-figure success is that I still have personal limiting beliefs that I need to work through so that I can fully get on the identity of being someone that is seven figures. So my advice to you, if you are someone brand new to manifestation, is just think about what those limiting beliefs are that you have and how they might be keeping you from the goals that you've set for yourself. Maybe you are wanting to manifest love for yourself, but you have a core belief that says, I'm unlovable, I will always be lonely, or I will never find someone, right? So what is something that you've been struggling to manifest into your life? Pause, look at that beautiful thing that it, that you want, and then start to filter that backwards and figure out what are some of the limiting beliefs that are not serving me that are keeping me from manifesting that thing that I ultimately want to have come into my life. And I told you guys I would talk about how I, a skeptic, got into manifestation. So I'm going to jump into that. Like a lot of people, I found out about manifestation through the documentary on Netflix called The Secret. I was homesick one day. I was perusing the library. And the cover art for The Secret reminded me a lot of The Da Vinci Code. And I love that movie. So I was like, great, I'm sure I will love this. Didn't read the bio or anything like that because, to be honest, if I read the bio, I probably would have just rolled my eyes and moved right along. 
So I watched the documentary and I ended up watching the whole thing. I think it's honestly because I lost the remote. I don't even remember why I watched the whole thing, but I did. And I thought it was interesting, right? I mean, I was obviously very, very skeptical about the whole thing. But I thought it was interesting because you can't help but watch that documentary, especially as someone that came from a family that was extremely scarcity driven and always put money up on a pedestal. And it was always something that we were actively worried about, talking about, discussing as a family. And it was always dictating what we could and could not do. So having those thoughts about money and then watching the documentary, The Secret, obviously it's very compelling to think, well, shit, all I got to do is change my thoughts and I could be a millionaire. Awesome. But of course my inner skeptic was coming out and I was like, well, that's all cool and great. That's just bullshit. This is just an entertaining little feature for me to watch. And I moved on. And around the same time, I was going through a very bad breakup with an extremely toxic individual. And after that, I went into the dating scene and hated it. It was exhausting. I felt like I was finding too many men that were exactly like the guy I just broke up with. And after months of being a part of this, I finally just hit suspend on that dating app that I had. And this was like before the days of Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and all those fancy apps that I can't keep up with now. <laughs> this was back in the day of Plenty of Fish. It was like Plenty of Fish, Cupid, and a few of the others, right? And so I'd had so many negative experiences with dating by this point. I was just like, I'm hanging it up. I'm deleting my account. And that particular day, I'm pretty sure I had like a really cheap bottle of Arbor Mist because again, I was in college at this point. So don't judge my wine preference at that time. (laughs) And I was flipping through Netflix again and I saw The Secret came up. I'd already watched it. So I knew what it was about, but that kind of sparked an idea for me. I was like, okay, let's test this thing, right? Like my inner Easter bunny, Santa Claus story 2.0 is coming out. And so I sat down and I wrote out a list of every feature and characteristic that I would want to see in my future husband. I went into physical traits, personality traits, family traits, and I got very specific because that's what the documentary says to do. They say, get specific and then really feel and embody the emotions and the feelings that you would have if you already had that thing. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to run a fair test here, I have a hypothesis. I have to do all of the right things in my experiments. I have to control the variables. So I was like laying this thing out. I was doing everything that the documentary said to do. And the very last thing the documentary said is, you know, the more that you focus on something, the more likely it is to come to you. You can't just think about something once and then it inevitably comes to you. So I look at this list and I decide to set it on my nightstand because that's something I would see every day. And so at least once a day for a second or five seconds, I would think about those characteristics and what it was that I was looking for. And by this point, I also gave up dating in general. I was like, you know what? I'm actually perfectly content with who I am as a person and I don't need a man right now. I'm just going to table the whole thing and come back to this later when I'm re-energized. And what's funny is from a manifestation perspective, I had to step into that identity of someone that didn't need a man in order to meet Evan because he was manifesting someone that was independent, didn't need a man, could do well enough without him. And he just wanted someone that he could have an interdependent relationship with. And that's what he was looking for. But throughout all the months that I was on those dating platforms, that's not who I was. That's not the identity that I held. I was much more in a vulnerable, needy space because of that toxic relationship that I'd come from. 
So finally, I was in the, I stepped into this identity of someone that really didn't need a man, would like one, but didn't need one, and was totally fine hanging up the dating scene. And I'm going to get into the whole story on how I actually met Evan in a, a later podcast, but I ended up meeting him within a couple weeks, actually, of me putting this list together, which blew my mind in and of itself. And he was all of the features on that list, everything. I don't think there was a single thing on that list that he did not have, even down to the physical structures. Like on that list, I had really broad shoulders with a thinner waist. And the reason I wanted that is because I've always struggled with femininity because I have all brothers and I have a lot of masculine energy about me in general. And so I wanted a man that was going to make me feel more feminine. And at that time, I was like, what's going to make me feel more feminine is a guy that is bigger than me. And he even checked that box. So I was like, that's a little creepy because I hadn't dated a single guy that was bigger than me ever. And so I put the list away and I'm like, okay, that was really interesting. First test, a success, but probably a coincidence, right? That word I used earlier. And I wasn't convinced. I needed more in order to really believe in this idea, right? Because you have to be able to test and retest your hypothesis and prove it multiple times in order for it to be, quote unquote, a fact, which, you know, facts can change over time. But from a scientific perspective, that's what I knew I needed to do in order to see whether or not this thing was real or if it was bullshit. Or if there's somehow that I was making all the things happen because I wanted them to happen, right? So I was trying to be mindful of all these different things. So I started off small and I mean, I had things like I'm going to get that parking spot that I really want, or the elevator is going to be on my floor when I go to the elevator bank and I'm not going to have to wait, or I'm going to win that fishbowl drawing at a restaurant and get my business card pulled out and get a free lunch. I mean, And what's funny is that these things started coming up more for me. I started getting the parking spot I always wanted. The elevator started being ready for me every time. And I was getting calls from all these restaurants that had little fish bowls and getting free lunches. And at the time, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's just because I'm putting myself out there, or maybe it's just because I'm noticing it more. You know, I wasn't quite ready to believe this is manifestation. So I started to increase the size and the scope of what it was that I was trying to manifest. And within about a six month period, I started manifesting significantly bigger and bigger and bigger things. One of the first larger things that I ended up manifesting was a $500 gift card. I found out about an event where they were giving this gift card away. And I thought to myself, this is a great opportunity for me to test this manifestation thing. And so I called Evan and I was like, hey, there's an event coming up. There's a $500 gift card and I'm going to win it. I'm going to manifest that shit. And he was like, great. I would love to have an extra $500. And so I did all the things that the documentary said, right? Felt the feelings of winning. And and when I say feel the feelings of winning, I went into a bathroom stall before I left for this event. And I like did the jumping up and down. I did the the fake screaming. I did it silently because I don't want people judging me if anyone walked into the bathroom. <laughs> and, and I did like the excited, you know, jumping up and down that you would do if you actually won something. And I was smiling And I really tried to get into that feeling of being excited of having won it. And then on my way there, I actually even ended up making up a song about winning this $500 gift card. And this is really embarrassing, but it was 100% to that tune of Wayne's World. You know, the one where they're like jumping around. They're like, I won $10,000. It was like like that, (laughs) but with $500. So I go to this event and I'd, I'd done all those things. I'd felt the feelings. I pretended as if. 
which is a big one for manifestation. I called Evan and I just owned it as if I already had it. And my jaw dropped when I actually won this gift card. I was like, that's really cool. That shit just happened. Again, that might, that's a coincidence though. And so rinse and repeat, I kept doing this and I ended up doing it again in less than a month with another $500 gift card. And mind you, I had the identity of someone that never won anything up until this point. And after those first two $500 gift cards, I ended up winning much bigger things. I then won an Apple watch, a paddleboard, and then I had my first 100K year, my first multi-six-figure year. Honestly, I think the story that really pushed me over the edge, though, was my Fitbit story. And I'll be really quick about this, but I took myself on vacation. And if you haven't listened to my Dating Yourself podcast, you should go check that out. That is episode number two. So I took myself on vacation because I needed one to San Diego. And I'm sitting there on the beach and having a wonderful time, feeling very relaxed. And I'm also in a step challenge at that point with a lot of my coworkers. And I'm extremely competitive, so I took this shit seriously. And I'm sitting there on the beach, and I realize that my Fitbit's not working. It's just shut off. There's no reason why it should be doing this. I just charged it the night before. So I take it back up to my hotel room, and it's just dead. It's not coming back on with the power cord. And this is the second time it's done this, so I kind of knew it was on the way out anyway. But I'm mad. Because here I am on my vacation. I don't want to go shopping for a Fitbit, but my Fitbit just died. And this means I am out of the competition. (laughs) I could not have that, right? (laughs) And so I was like, you know what? This is a great opportunity for me to test this manifestation thing and see if it's real or if it's bullshit. Even though I'd already tested this thing so many other times, I just refused to believe in it. Because again, that inner skeptic, that everything's bullshit mindset was coming through And it's also very vulnerable to actually believe in manifestation because that means that if you truly want something, the only thing keeping you from it is yourself. So I think part of that was keeping me from believing in this concept wholeheartedly as well. So I go back down to the beach. I leave my Fitbit upstairs in the hotel room and I'm like, okay, well, that's really unfortunate, but we're going to manifest a new one for ourselves. So a couple things are going to happen. It's either my Fitbit's just going to come back to life and I'm going to be back in the competition Or somehow I'm just going to stumble across a Fitbit on my journey while I'm here, whether it's on sale in a display window or whatever, right? There's going to be a Fitbit that is just too good to pass up. And that is going to be what gets me back in the competition. And I tried to be as generic as possible because I didn't want to like put specifications or details on how this thing had to happen. I just wanted the idea or the concept of it to happen. And so I think on it and I envision that and, you know, I do all the steps that I'd promise myself I would do anytime I'm testing this theory. And I hang it up and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go into the ocean just have a great rest of my afternoon here before I head back to the hotel room. I go into the ocean. I'm only in about three feet of water and I step on something and it's not seaweed. It's not a seashell. It's definitely handmade. And so I pick it up out of the water and it's a Fitbit. I'm not kidding. It is a Fitbit. It's not the same Fitbit that I had, but it is a working Fitbit. And I look around me and no one seems to be looking for anything. So I asked the people in my immediate area, hey, did any of you guys lose a Fitbit? They were all like, no, we haven't. I go to the lifeguard stand. I'm like, hey, has anyone reported a lost Fitbit? And the guy was just like, nah, man, honestly, like no one's going to come looking for a Fitbit. So just like, you know, take it. 
And so I left my number with him and I was like, okay, if anyone does, I'm staying right here. Give me a call. I'll bring it down, whatever. But my inner competitive side was like, okay, but I do need this. <laughs> so, and I was like, the universe is giving this to me. Right. And so I take it, I hook it up to my phone and it works and I'm back in the game and I'm back into that competition. And I call Evan and I was like, you're never going to guess what just happened. And he's kind of, because I've manifested so many things that I've won at this point, he was like, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, what did you manifest? And I told him, I told him my Fitbit story and he was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Seriously, that happened. And I don't know if I have pictures. If I do, I'm going to post it in a blog along with this. That way you can see like this Fitbit that I pulled out of the ocean. And I actually kept, I had that Fitbit for two years. I only ended up replacing it about a month ago because it finally gave out on me. (laughs) But I loved wearing it because for me, it was a reminder about manifestation and how I needed to incorporate this idea despite my reservations about it. So from that point on, I was sold. It wasn't the paddleboard. It wasn't the Apple Watch. It wasn't the the six figures. It was this freaking Fitbit, which finally sold me on the idea. And that is when this skeptic became a believer. And since then, and prior to that even, I have manifested so many other things. And it's just really hard for me now to say that it is not something that exists. And like I said earlier, there is something about believing in the concept of manifestation that is very vulnerable. Because if you really want something, all you have to do is believe in yourself and then do the things you need to do. And I mean believe, right? Not those really shallow thoughts like you pretend to feel something, but you really don't. You have to feel these things to your core. You have to embody that identity, not that surface level bullshit. So that meant that any success or anything that I was going after in life The only thing that was going to keep me from getting it was myself. And that's scary when you no longer have the excuse of all these external things. And you realize that manifesting what you want completely comes from within and that you are your only obstacle. And that is extremely motivating if you let it be. It's extremely empowering because that means that you have everything that you need to be successful. You just have to give yourself permission to step into that role. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up with a quick summary. To manifest, become what it is that you want. Like the saying goes, fake it till you make it. Embody that identity that you want to have in order to become that. Step into the thoughts, the actions, and the behaviors of someone who already has everything that you want and you will get it. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and I look forward to sending you another podcast on Monday. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation. 
or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me and I will catch y'all in the next episode.